Welcome to the After Chat. I'm Michael. I'm Matt. Oh! oh I thought we were going in order. <laughs> That's my bad. Okay. <laughs> you go first this time. All right. All right. <laughs> That's a first. <laughs> I haven't done this in a while, yeah. clearly. <laughs> Welcome to the After Chat. I'm Michael. I'm Ellis. I'm Madison. And today we are going to be talking about vices. Hmm? Yikes. <laughs> Are we excited? Yes. Yeah. Let's do it. Welcome to the After Chat. Real questions. Real talk. Real life. What's a movie you can watch every day? Every day. Hot every day. Rod. Hot that Rod. is so funny. <laughs> I love that movie. <laughs> that is a good one. That's massively underrated. Oh, it is. What is it? The grilled cheese versus the taco fight? Is that what it was? I think so. Yes. I haven't watched it in a while, but I love it. That was funny. I like the one where they're like dancing outside of the van, that part where they're like <laughs> 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 just really awkward about it. No, Ian McShane, like his dad that's on the sofa in that one. Mm. Like he is such a fun he's such a good actor. I've like I thought him and Andy Samberg did very well together. Yeah. That. I'm probably gonna go Unforgiven on this. Clint Eastwood, one of my favorite movies. Do you know what it is? We've talked about this one previously. Oh. Yeah. yeah. No, mm-hmm. it's it's just the opposite. I'm gonna of, Google it. <laughs> yeah, it's the opposite of the typical hero's journey. Like he has to become his worst self. Um oh. and it's just it's just, you know, different than any other movie really out there. Won an Oscar for Best Picture, I think. Mm, but, wow. no, great movie. That's I could a, watch. That's a heavy choice for daily. It's so good, though. Like, mm. there's so many, like, non-intentionally funny lines in there that it makes it good. Nice. So, I would, Unforgiven. I'm going to go with Inception. I know you have feelings about this one, but it's one of those I, I've noticed a, a detail I didn't notice before every time I watched it. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Genius. I, I have to. Movie. I have to give it. A, I have to give it another run. Like I fall. I've fallen asleep trying to watch it several times. I've never watched it. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, that hurts. Oh man. <laughs> I'm gonna give that a shot over the Christmas break. All right. And see if I can get back through it. And I, I'm gonna rewatch Hot Rod. Too. I'm gonna watch Hot I, Rod. This was great movie choice. There you go. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah. All right. So, what is the worst meal you've ever cooked? So, okay, I don't know if it was my fault, but this happened the other night. I was trying to make some popcorn on my stove top because I don't have a microwave. I, th- it never popped. I don't know if my popcorn was just, like, stale or something, but I just fried corn kernels, <laughs> like popcorn kernels. They never, they literally never popped. Mm. I don't know if they can go stale. Also, um, I still haven't washed the pan, so... <laughs> Well, that's a fun chore. You're just you're just delaying for later. Yeah. Yeah. Oh well. You? How much time we got? Um, I have absolutely like butchered some chicken before. I I have either bitten into or cut into many a piece of chicken that was just straight pink on the inside. Oh. Yeah, it was brutal. It was oh. brutal. So I feel like I've like gotten to a point where I can hold my own a little bit, but yeah, it's 
there's been plenty of times where it wasn't good. So. A good a good meat probe would would help that out. Yes, like one that you can leave in while it's cooking, mm-hmm. and that way you'll know when it hits one sixty five. They make those. Yeah. Yep. Oh. You can get one on Amazon right now for eight bucks. Okay. <laughs> It's like, hold on a second. Gonna... <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that existed. Yeah. <laughs> I thought they, like, you had to put them in while, the like, the oven was open. No, there's some that you can, like, leave in, and then the core just comes out of the oven, and you just have the little thing sitting on. Sorry, I got distracted by a flop. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just... <laughs> I'm listening to you, I promise. Okay. And, uh, Ellis, so there, it comes out mm-hmm. of, the th- of the oven, and you can just see the, set it on the counter and then set it to the temperature that you want, and then it'll ding whenever it hits it. Wow. So How about that? The more you know. You changed my life today. That's what we're here for on the After Chat. Hope you changed some of y'all's, too. What a time to be alive. Modern <laughs> technology. It's crazy. I mean, I whenever I first like got a, a smoker and I wanted to start learning how to make ribs, like I ruined rack upon rack upon rack upon rack until I learned how to get it right. So those were like many expensive lessons, but you just eat them while even though they're terrible because you invested six hours in it. You know, <laughs> I'm, think, I'm thinking about how you just said that you. Ruined rack upon rack upon rack upon ribs. And then I was thinking about, I got my baby back. Because <laughs> it's the same rhythm. Yes. But so, yeah. So, yes, ribs all day. Ruined a bunch of them. Nice. Are you good at it now? Oh, I'm fantastic at it now. Not to toot my own horn, but I'm good at it. Got a three, two, one method recipe the whole nine yards. Dang. So it's good. Good for you. There yeah. we go. It's awesome. You just got to keep going. You yeah. keep ruining that chicken and eventually you'll get good at it. Yeah. Sometimes I like to go full Gordon Ramsay on myself and go, it's raw! And throw it in the trash can. So, yeah. You knucklehead, you're going to ruin everybody! Yes. Do you, do, do you tell you, like, put the bread on either side and say, you're an idiot sandwich! He just does it to himself in the mirror. That's sad. I like spike it in the trash can. Yep. You're going to kill someone else! <laughs> Is that your impression of a British accent? Yes. <laughs> I know it's not good, but it's all I got. Hey, hey, it works. <laughs> it works, it works. <laughs> all right, uh, what's the next one? What is something about yourself that you hope never changes? Hmm. 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 I like having a good time and having fun and just being a a silly, goofy little girl sometimes. So I want my fun sense of humor to never change and my desire to enjoy life's little whimsies. Hmm. I never want that to change. That's a good answer. That is a good answer. Thank you. And you worked in the word whimsy, which is vastly underused. It is. I like to pair it with razzmatazz. That's. Like razzmatazz and whimsy. Okay, yeah. I like that. There we go. Yeah. I think I find humor in like the little things. And so I think it just like, I don't know, it helps me cope with things whenever they can be like kind of heavy and harsh and not all that great. And so like being able to find humor in the absurd. Yeah. I think is a very uh, handy thing to be able to do. So I hope that never changes. Hmm. So I was going to say something similar. Like I, I'll find a joke in pretty much anything mm-hmm. if I try hard enough. And you know, sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. But <laughs> I like I'm going to laugh regardless. Yes. So 
Yeah. I, sometimes the joke is just for me. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's allowed. Yeah. Yes. So, oh, all right, so uh, the in, the reverse of that is what is something about yourself that you hope goes away? Oh, wow. That's fun. Hmm. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I guess I would say my... My, judge, my judgmental side of myself that I'm constantly facing. Like, I'm, I feel like I'm, mm. I'm fighting a constant battle because I, I know that's not who I want to be, but I'm ready for the work that I've done to put in, like, to reframe and stop myself before I do it. I'm ready for that to mm. just be my second nature, which I don't know if it ever will be, but I'm tired of, like, Basically having to pull myself aside and give myself an attitude adjustment all the time gets really <laughs> annoying. So, um, yeah, that's my answer. Well, I mean, the fact that I think just knowing that there is something about ourselves and being willing to, like, want to change it, I think is a good thing. So, like, for me, it's just, like, general self-doubt. Hmm. Like, I, yeah. I, a lot of time, like, I wish that would go away. That's a good, that's but a good answer. I think one of the things that it does do for me is it it forces me to rely on God because I know that he wouldn't have called me to do something if he didn't like give me what I need to actually go through it. Hmm. Even if I don't feel like confident in myself. Hmm. So like just kind of learning to act in spite of how I feel is something that I do pretty much daily to some degree. Hmm. And so it would be nice if that went away, but like you, it's, it's better than what it used to be. That's true. We're getting there. Yes. Like always a work in progress. So that, that would be mine. Yeah. I think my ability to separate myself from other people's feelings is a little bit too good. I would like to mm-hmm. bridge oh. the gap there and get a little, like, grow a little bit more in empathy. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It's funny because I, I thought about saying that as the answer for the last question, but then I was I pivoted <laughs> on the fly. I was like, no, I don't think that's, no. I'm going to go with the other one. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So. There's always things that we have to work on and things that we can change. And there's also behaviors that we've adopted over time that we that we might want to change and, and tend to manifest themselves in the forms of vices. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's what we're going to be looking at today. And it just generally just leads to a sense of discontentment. Yeah. And so that's going to be something that we talk about here in a moment. But first, check out this message uh, from Pastor Brian Hughes. But there is a difference. We've got to start delineating the difference between saying I want and I need or I have to have or I can't live without. For most of us, those phrases are about as dishonest as me asking a large crowd, how you doing today? But Paul says he discovered the secret to contentment. He discovered it in in being able to say the phrases that we're sort of, you know, winking at and smiling about he could say i really no no i really am fine really seriously i am okay do i want to be hungry no but i'm okay because god is good even when my circumstances aren't he aren't he could say both he could say circumstances aren't great but i really am okay and when you discover contentment regardless of what is happening around you which is what paul says he got you get released from the chronic disease of feeling like you never have enough. Contentment is not found out there. It's found in here. And interestingly, when you discover this, you get released from the tyranny of things you cannot control 
and placed into the thing that God wanted to give you all along, something better than the thing you were chasing anyway, contentment. So what Brian was saying there was that we all have we all have feelings of discontentment and it's what we do with those feelings. Like Paul said that he found the secret to it and we'll unpack that a little bit later. But sometimes when we feel discontent in an area of our lives, we seek to to like soothe that with some sort of vice or some sort of unhealthy way of coping with that feeling. Yep. And so we're going to look at just three ways that it might manifest itself and then we're going to unpack Paul's uh verses in Philippians chapter four. So yes. what is one area that, or what is one way that people seek to fill or soothe that feeling of discontentment? So I'm going to talk about consumerism, which I think is, um, I think it's more widespread than people um, might anticipate it to be. So I have some facts that I've pulled up. I'm using um, a website f- to pull these facts that is mymoneywizard.com. There we go. So, the average number of items in an American home is 300,000. Whoa. Okay. 300,000 items. What are we cla- are we classifying like a single like, spoon as like an down item? to like paperclip. Okay. But still, if you think about it, like that's a lot of stuff. 80% um of the items in our house we rarely or never use. I believe that. <laughs> There's been a uh, 100% increase in consumption of material goods over the past 50 years. Like that. 1% of the total material flow through of consumption, which, um, so, okay, I'm going to rephrase from what they're <laughs> saying. Basically, we buy something and then it's still in use six months later. Only 1% of the things that we buy we're still using six mm. months later. Wow. And there has been a 100% increase in the numbers of self-storage facilities in the U.S. from 94 to 2004. So that's not even counting the past nearly 20 years of how many more storage facilities have increased. And there's a whole lot more facts on on this link. So if you're interested in some facts about consumerism that will make you feel a little sick to your stomach, check that out. <laughs> but <laughs> If you're looking to get sick to your stomach. But, yeah. but I hadn't thought about the storage unit thing. I mean, I can think of just two that have been built not far from here. Mm-hmm. They're everywhere. And, yes. like, they're, a, like, a valuable place. But... I feel like most people have a second house in them versus some people use them as like transition spots, like in between moves or I I don't know. It's just there's so many of them everywhere. Um, So I'm going to I'm going to define consumerism for us a little bit. It's um, the preoccupation of society with the acquisition of consumer goods. Um, or it's an idea that increasing the consumption of goods and services purchased in the market it's always is always a desirable goal mm. and that a person's well-being and happiness depend fundamentally on obtaining consumer goods and material possessions now we can really quickly unpack that as um, as Christians we we don't want to place that kind of importance on like physical yes. objects like Jesus in particular had a conversation with um, the the rich young ruler mm-hmm. where that was the hindrance in him being able to follow Jesus was he did not want to sell all of his items and give the money to the poor like he had an emotional attachment to his items mm-hmm. and this is something that I have I have dealt with myself and it's been in different um, it's been filling different voids. Mm-hmm. in my life sometimes it's sometimes it's greed like I just 
I just want this thing. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it it can be a a version of lust of this person has this thing and I am wishing and hoping and wanting and desiring that (laughs) I have that thing as well, which I guess could be a version of greed, but it's, um, I don't know. There's some nuance there between greed and lust, I think, um, when it comes to stuff. And just general discontentment or escapism from reality. Yes. That's that's kind of um, what it's it's done for me. So my my story with consumerism has been <laughs> just from a very young age. Always we we had tight budget as a family, mm. and so then when I got my first job at fifteen, I had I had the ability to spend my money on stuff whenever I wanted to, and to go from restraint to abundance, it just kind of swung the other it, way. It swung out of control <laughs> quickly and it landed in me getting in um, credit card debt at a young age, which not great. <laughs> and I moved into my first apartment as a young, uh, a young person. And I had a 1500 square foot apartment. So massive, massive That's apartment. Nice. It was actually it was like a duplex. It was like the bottom floor of a house. Mm. And um, so I had like this massive space. And I just over the year that I had that lease continued to consume things because I had the place to put it. Mm. And um, I I kind of landed at the end of that year in a spot where I was like, I have so much stuff. I'm living paycheck to paycheck. I can't save any money. And so I had to drastically downsize. I did get a storage unit. <laughs> I do have. I have a storage unit that I pay for monthly, but it's because I da- I got rid of a bunch of furniture and downsized, and I um, I bought a camper that I turned into a tiny house, and I still live in it, and it's mm-hmm. been like almost four years now, and I'm able to save, um, save money, but it's been a like a continual process of I'm in a small space, a really small space now. I think it's like. I'm trying to do the math. It's probably just over 100 square feet. Okay. It's itty-bitty. So I'm constantly faced with this thing comes into my home. Something has to go. It has to go. (laughs) Or, like, it has to find a spot to land. And my storage unit is, like, full of stuff that is... Now I'm like arguing with myself over do I need my storage unit? It's for when I eventually get a normal home. It's no. my furniture that I didn't want to just trash for no reason. So I have some furniture left in there, but it is it's the smallest one I could get. Mm-hmm. So it's not like it can go in there either. Well, that's what I was going to ask was how big is the storage unit in relation to your house? Is it bigger? Um like like so, like size wise (laughs) like floor plan wise it's smaller but because there's no stuff in there I can put more things Mm. in it than I could put in my house so I have um I have a passionate perspective on consumerism going out of control because I have had to deal with the consequences and I'm glad I, I face them when I'm young um I am my only debt right now is my car payment so I'm getting there, but consumerism will, will get you quick. And then, like, I don't know if you guys um, deal with this, but whenever stuff is really cluttered around you, just feeling. I find it difficult ah. to physically relax. Yeah. Yes, same. I like, I, like, um, I like maximalist decorations. Like, I like to have my little knickknacks and cute little things that I have 
you know, I picked up this rock at this beach and it's a memory. Like, I like having memories. Yes. But I don't like having junk. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I find it physically difficult to relax in a cluttered space. Like I, I mean, but that's like the garage is where things just go to disappear. Mm. But like if you walk through my home, like it's very like minimalist. Like there's not a whole lot of stuff in clutter. Mm. Like everything has its place. Everything is nice and neat. But if you go to my garage, it just looks like my house threw up in it. <laughs> but it's out of sight, out of mind. <laughs> <laughs> like the storage unit. Yes, yeah. like the storage unit. <laughs> I mentioned before, uh, my my wife is kind of the deep cleaner. But when it's time to tidy up, that's me. That's my jam. So like literally last night, I just got up off the couch and started tidying up. The, our mm-hmm. kitchen and she was like was that making you anxious and i was like nope not at all <laughs> you know, I'm like, so yeah first year we lived in our house we had this back room where we were just you know we were getting wedding gifts and moving stuff and we were just chucking stuff it sounded like it sounds like your garage yes recently probably a month or two ago we finally went in there and got rid of all that stuff or put it where it needed to go and it was just like such a mental like load yes. that disappeared and it's yep. it's so nice. Yeah, so, no, I don't like opening my garage door. Yeah. Like cuz I don't want to have to go in there and, and look at the mess that, that happens to be there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like going through every so often my stuff and kind of just pulling it down to this is what I want to have and then the the extra stuff which hopefully I'm on top of my my budget and my spending habits mm-hmm. enough to not have a lot of extra stuff. But kind of just continually evaluating, am I actually using this? Mm-hmm. And if I'm not, then it goes into my trunk and then it goes to Goodwill eventually when I remember that it's in my <laughs> trunk and I have to take it to Goodwill. So there's like lots of stops along the way <laughs> of where stuff lives. But overall, it is, um, it's very freeing that stuff does not rule my life anymore in the way that it used to. Mm-hmm. Well, and the next one that we'll look at is Food. That can definitely be advice for a whole oh, lot yeah. of people. And so a lot of people think of, of of a food vice in relation to the word gluttony. And there's good reason for that because the definition of gluttony is person who eats too much or a person who eats or consumes immoderate amounts of food and drink. And it comes from the Latin word gluteo, meaning to swallow or gulp down, which oh. <laughs> I thought was a good one. And personally, I can lean into food too much because I like the dopamine hit whenever like I'm eating and cooking. Like I like to cook. I mean, I've, you guys have heard me talk about that. Like I like the dopamine hit that I get whenever I'm doing uh, that. But can all, it can also lead to me eating large amounts of food, especially when I may be feeling anxious or – I'm a depressive person. I've mentioned that before. And that is a, a soothing thing hmm. for me to yeah. do. And, like, I had a lot of food insecurity whenever I was a kid. Like, to me, being able to, like, do that is, like, just a sign that, like, everything is okay, even yeah. if it might not really be. But it's just a way for me to cope. And, you know, there's a comedian that used the line, like, the meal's not done when I'm full. It's done when I hate myself. <laughs> So, like, like, like that's a private little joke. Oh. Like, someone will say, do you hate yourself now? To be like, yep. <laughs> like, that's oh. what I've done. But, so, yeah. So. It's interesting to me that you said <laughs> um, that you yes. had, that you faced food, food insecurity when you were younger. Yes. And that that has played into um, kind of struggling with the balance now. Yes. I feel like it, it can, that's mirrors my my uh, vice with consumerism is because I had, I, I just, we didn't have money for yes. like 
little luxuries or anything besides being frugal that that kind of resulted in my, oh, now I can buy whatever pair of yes. jeans I want. It doesn't matter. Like, <laughs> Well, no, and it became that way for me. Like whenever I first moved out and I got a job and I was in the army and I had like my place in the barracks, like I could now go and get all of the stuff on TV that I wanted to mm. eat as a kid but couldn't. Like so I'm mm. getting massive cans of overstuffed beef raviolis and, and <laughs> things like that. And it just – so like I learned to cope over time. So like yeah. now I – don't really have a whole lot of junk food in my home because mm. I know whenever I do feel some sort of way and I'm, you know, kind of grazing through the kitchen or whatever, like if I have like berries or just like deli meat or things that are on the tend to be on the more healthier side of things, yeah. I'm not going to be doing as much damage to myself. Mm-hmm. So I've... I think a lot of our feelings of discontentment stem from unmet needs in childhood that when we become, and we'll get into this later. Yeah, that's and, true. And then manifest themselves in unhealthy ways if we don't learn how to cope with them mm. in a way that that is probably more proper. Hmm. When we were growing up, my younger brother used to throw down at the table okay (laughs) (laughs) he did not mess around and uh it became like a running thing my dad would lean up and just be like you know you don't have to eat till you have that throwing up feeling right (laughs) yeah no and that's what made that comedian's line so funny and hit so hard whenever i like because he put words to something that i had felt before and and Hmm. so i was like oh He's joking about it. Like, but I mean, he was being serious about himself. Right. But I was like, I can relate to that. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, the one I'm going to talk about is not going to be fun for any of us because <laughs> it's screen time. Um, but I'm looking at a screen, Ellis. I know, right? I, I mean, look, <laughs> hey, if you're watching on YouTube, sorry, you're also doing this actively right now. It but, doesn't count. But it, but it doesn't, doesn't count. count. Wait, till you're, wait till we're done and then yeah. you can start monitoring your screen time. Exactly. Okay? Yeah, there you go. Good catch. <laughs> uh, so... What is what is screen time? Like, what's the deal? I mean, the literal definition is the amount of time in a day you spend using a phone, a computer, a TV, a uh, gaming console, watch. that kind of thing. A watch, sure. Yeah. They're everywhere. Yeah, yeah, you they're can't, everywhere. They're on gas station, like, things now, yes. rolling ads. In all shapes and sizes. It's yeah. crazy. That's bananas to me. It drives <laughs> like... me insane. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean no, to No, no, it's good. Um, so... That so it's funny because that definition in itself doesn't sound inherently bad, mm-hmm. right? Right. But there have been some things and some trends over the last fifteen years or so that have made it harmful. Smartphones being number one since two thousand seven, when they kind of rose to prominence, they have become part of our daily lives. Like we do everything on those things. Mm-hmm. In two thousand nineteen, eighty one percent of American adults reported owning a smartphone. That's up sixty four percent in twenty fifteen. So just a four-year gap. Um, That's and then crazy. Another just huge piece that has exacerbated this even more is COVID nineteen, mm-hmm. where yeah. we were all at home by ourselves with all of our screens. I wasn't. Yeah. I still had to go to work. <laughs> <laughs> I'm rolling away now. <laughs> okay, I'm coming back. So, what makes screen time a vice? Um, well, the average American spends seven hours and four minutes a mm-hmm. day staring at a screen of some kind. Globally, the average screen time per day is six hours and 58 minutes. For our phones alone, Americans spend an average of three hours and 43 minutes a day on their phones. Mm. That average, Mm. that's wild. You know, all of those numbers are way above what experts recommend as far as screen time per day, which is two hours. So that's brutal. Like (laughs) that is freaking brutal. 
that amount of screen time can lead to just a few negative effects. Um, sleep being one of them. Uh, increased screen time has been linked to shorter sleep duration, decreased sleep efficiency. So you're not, you know, getting the most out of however much time you're sleeping you could be. And longer sleep onset delay. Basically, it takes you forever to fall asleep. Uh, yeah, because um, your brain's got to yeah. disconnect and settle down from all the stuff that you just filled it with. And, right. And uh, that dopamine to wear off. And then, yes. Yeah. Mm. This is linked to negative effects on your physical health. Increased screen time is often consistent with obesity and things like that. And then mental health as well, because I'd, I'd literally just put this in the notes with arrows. Increased screen time, <laughs> lack of sleep, affects your behavior and performance throughout the day. Yes. And can even lead to anxiety and depression. So my relationship with screen time, uh, kind of similar to what y'all were what y'all were saying. I didn't really think about this uh, getting ready for this, but I... I was the kid, I've talked to you about this before, mm -hmm. I was the kid who didn't have a gaming console, so I would go to my friends or my cousins or whatever. I didn't have a, I didn't have a phone at all until I was like a freshman in high school. Didn't have a smartphone until I went to college. And so I think a lot of my relationship with it is just, well, I didn't have it and now I do. So like I can't yeah. get yes. enough of it, you know? Hmm. I also think, and I think this is true for plenty of us, it's just a filler. Like something yes. I do when I'm bored, you know? My alarm goes off in the morning. Oh, let me scroll and see what happened. Or I'm sitting at work and I have five minutes to kill. Or I need a mental break. So I pick up my phone to give myself the mental break of all things. You know, I do and, that all the time. Yeah. It makes no sense. Yeah. No, I justify a whole lot of things with because I need a mental break. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so on and so forth. But, yeah, that's screen mm. time for you. So, I mean, all of these, like, stemmed. Like, I mean, every single one of our examples stemmed from some sort of discontentment that we mm. had. There's lots of root causes for discontentment. I put a couple down here, like poor self-image, like comparing yourself to others, not living up to your own standard that you have for yourself, whether that standard is realistic or not. Like, you can just set that aside. Fear of the future or just general, like, not being happy with where you are, leading to a sense of escapism. Yep. Which I think all of us, like, all of our things have hinted at to some degree yeah. or yeah. another. Uh, not recognizing the difference between wants or needs. Like yeah. what I needed as a kid was a like well-balanced, nutritious nutritious meal. What did I go out and get whenever I got, got out on my own? Overstuffed beef ravioli, <laughs> Dorito, like all of the bad things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, or di just dissatisfaction with present circumstances, not recognizing that things are temporary. I know that that's been true for me in the past. Like if I feel like if I'm in a season that's not all that great, I imagine that that's what it's going to be forever. Mm -hmm. um, and then that can just cause you to, to turn to whole, a whole host of other things to just try to make yourself feel better even for a little while. Or mm -hmm. ironically, like recognizing that something's bad and then not taking steps to actively make it better. Mm -hmm. Like you just find yourself in a, in, a, in a cycle. So like those are just some things that for me, you know, are some root causes of discontentment. Mm -hmm. I don't know what you guys, what your all thoughts are on any of that. Yeah, I mean, I I think I I feel like everything is a combination of all yes. of that stuff. Like I can't. I don't think any of them is like a silver bullet. Ah, like it's it's a hodgepodge <laughs> which, of things all hitting. Which makes it really hard to unpack in the moment when you're faced with like wanting to lean on that crutch or like turn back to that vice. It makes it hard to kind of pick apart and stop and and figure out is this actually what I need or am I am I like just wanting something or is it something in my brain that I'm like telling myself that's a lot like it's hard to stop when there's so many layers to it and I think that's why 
vices can have such a grip on us. Yeah, just taking the example of screen time and some of the things you mentioned, I think you can make a direct tie. Like, comparing mm -hmm. self to others. Well, whatever I have going on, I don't really want to be involved with it. So I'm going to check out and go on Instagram yes. and compare myself to these people on Instagram who seem really happy because... Spoiler alert, that's all you post on Instagram. Anyways, yes. um, or escapism. I have five minutes or ten minutes to kill, and I need a mental break, so I'm going to go scroll on whatever. Uh, you know, I go on and on. But you could almost go down the list yes. and, and apply any of these three to to discontentment. And that's where I think where, like, where Hughes' message comes in. And like in that message, yep. he references Philippians 4. Uh, 12 through 13 and Such that's a good verse I love this yes and he said and this is where and I mean just think like Paul's writing this from prison by the way like I think that that part gets left out like if you go back to Philippians 1 and look at like where he's at and what's going on like he's writing this from prison like he's mm -hmm. trying to like galvanize and motivate folks while he's sitting in there and so that's where he comes in and he says and uh starting at, at 12 I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Mm -hmm. So he's saying that he kind of found, like, a way to be content in whatever, he's, in whatever situation he's in. And for me, whenever I read that, like, Paul was able to be content because he could see life from God's point of view. Like he was able to like say, okay, these are all the things that's going on around me. How can I see like, and if you go back and read all of it, like that's kind of where he's coming from. Hmm. Like he's learning to see things from God's, uh, God's perspective and God's point of view and try to prioritize in the way that God does. And he was focused on what he was supposed to do and not what he felt he should have. Like, that's where, okay, this is how I feel. Like, I don't have to let my feelings rule over me. I can act how I need to in spite of my feelings. Yeah. Um, and often the desire for something more or better just indicates a longing to fill an empty space in your life. Mm -hmm. And every single one of us mentioned something along those lines. Yeah. And so where do you turn to whenever you feel that? Mm -hmm. Like, what are you doing with it? Like, mine... Overstuffed beef ravioli. Like, that's where I went, you know. And so, like, screen time or shopping. Like, there's there's yeah. healthy ways and unhealthy ways to deal with our feelings of discontentment. Yeah. I don't think it's any coincidence either that all three things that we talked about are kind of the quick and easy thing oh, that yeah. can yes. fill that gap. Yeah. The quick and easy thing is often the unhealthy thing also. Yes. <laughs> the, and the yeah. cheap thing. Yes. Like, I mean, that's where it goes. Yeah. So, you, I feel like you really have to make specifically with these three things make it hard for yourself to mm -hmm. to get there so like you you shared you just don't keep junk food at home like yes. that's a choice that you make so that it's not there when you might be in the headspace where you want to turn to it i have a similar um a similar thing with like my previous shopping accounts got deleted mm -hmm. i don't keep i do have apple pay now <laughs> Because I lost my debit card. Don't look at me. <laughs> so I, I mean, I have some, I have some ways. Okay, if I order a new one, it's gonna take forever to change all of my billing information. So I'm not gonna do it, anyways. That's valid. I make it as hard as possible for myself to do easy shopping. Mm -hmm. I make lists before I go out so that I can kind of stick to it. I follow like a really strict budget. Mm -hmm. um, I'm still in this phase where <laughs> I have um, 
I, I like budget everything precisely and then all of my like extra money um, and savings goes into a completely separate account that takes like a full business day to transfer mm. to my like debit account so I can't like just spend it if I feel like it. Um, so finding like finding those ways to prevent you from getting there might give yourself a little bit more time to address the feeling in the moment. Yes, and I did I've done something similar there. So and I think this is one of the greatest things that like ordering groceries was one of the greatest things that came out of COVID like of all the things. (laughs) And so like for me, I have an app where I do all of my meal planning and then Mm -hmm. I check off what I already have in my pantry and in my fridge. And then the difference gets sent to the grocery store. Hmm. Like, and then I just add whatever I need for like household staples or whatever to it. And then I just go and pick it up because if I'm at the store, Mm. I'm going to load my buggy full of all the things that I know I'm going, yes, I'm going to, with all of the things that I know are going to be unhealthy for me down the road. <laughs> the dang yep. ravioli. Yeah, uh, yes. And so, <laughs> and and so, like, but that's, but those are tools that I've learned to put into place. So yep. that way it prevents me from just crushing a whole lot of food if I feel some sort of way. Yeah. What do we do, like, collectively? What do you guys do when your, um, your, your plan to keep it as hard to access as possible fails like how do you address that that need inside of you that you're trying to fill with the thing that's easy to get but there's something there that's empty so i mean you're going to give in to some things sometimes like you're you're a human and you're going to fall and so what i've learned to do is give myself grace whenever it does happen that's good but know that i'd need to do better like and Mm -hmm. i think just recognizing it and then also being able to live in that space where, you know what, I want to go and get something from McDonald's because I'm feeling some sort of way and just not and not doing it. Like being able to live in that discomfort. Oh yeah. And name, say, you know what? It. I feel like this right now, but I know that if I go and I do that, I'm going to feel worse later. Yeah. So just being able to be comfortable in the discomfort. Hmm. Yeah. I, think, I know that I'm sorry, but no, like I know that Paul was I mean, he wasn't comfy in the prison. No, like he's nope. literally chained to a dude. So I <laughs> he mean was, there was no way he was physically comfortable. So I mean, but it and and also put things in perspective. Mm. Like, you know what? And that's one of the things I love about the scripture so much is like, okay, if Paul could write that while while shackled to a dude and still be out galvanizing other people, mm. like I can make it the thirty minutes home and cook something as opposed to going to the McDonalds. Yeah. 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 Well, I think for for me for screen time, like if I fall into the extreme of oh I have I have a ton of screen time today, the next day I try to lean into the other extreme of I'm going to try everything I can to minimize it. So mm. I'm gonna leave my phone in the car, I'm gonna leave it back in the office, I'm gonna do, you know, whatever. And you know, the long term solution and like the realistic solution is somewhere in the middle. Mm-hmm. But if I feel like I've tipped a little bit too far this way, then I try to kind of balance it out by going in the other direction. Mm-hmm. So an example is um I mentioned like you wake up, your alarm goes off, you scroll immediately. I put my nightstand across the room. Oh. So when my alarm goes off, I have to physically get up out of the bed to go turn the alarm off and then I'm already up and moving. And That's it just kinda naturally happens, you know? Yeah. So I like yeah. that. <clears throat> I definitely need to. I, I've gotten into a really bad habit lately where I am, like, falling asleep to 
something on a screen Mm -hmm. Mm. and i know it's affecting my sleep so i need to i need to try that out well yeah and remove it it. from where i sleep completely (laughs) that's the other side of it when you put it up on the charger across the room you're done (laughs) you're done with it (laughs) if you want your phone to be charged in the morning and you want your alarm to go off then you gotta leave it over there Mm. so Oh, there was one more verse on here. Did you put that on there? Oh, that was me. Okay. Uh, yeah, I threw uh, Psalm 23, verse 1 on here because I, I think about this a lot in relation to this. It says, a Psalm of David, mm-hmm. uh, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. Other translations say, uh, I have everything I need. And I think mm-hmm. the way I try to think about it is like, if I made a list of the things I want or need, do mm-hmm. I have all of them? No. But the things I have... That's everything I need. I, I lack nothing. Yes. You know, I can I can make do and get by with the things I have right now. Yeah. And that's a just a great, like, I mean, that's the type of perspective that we need to have. Like, mm-hmm. being able to differentiate, differentiate between wants and needs. And that's where things can get really wonky yeah. for yeah. a whole lot of folks. And then lead to that discontentment that you seek to then soothe with all of the things that we've mentioned here so far. Yeah. Well, the great thing about differentiating between your wants and your needs is that we are allowed to pray about it. We can say like, hey, hey God, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if this is something in me that is just needing you or if I'm actually in need of this thing or and and have a conversation with him and then also that that scripture that you put down at the bottom, that's one of the regular I think I talked about this before. Um one of the regular breath prayers that I will yes. do of yeah. the Lord is my shepherd. I do the, um, I have all that I need. So I, I breathe in, the Lord is my shepherd. I breathe out, I have mm. all that I need. And just kind of having that, that rhythm will kind of put a put enough of a pause in my day because I do it several times kind of throughout mm. the day and, and stop and think. Not just that my meat and my needs are being met but that the source of my needs that are being met is god and then that kind of it brings me closer to him throughout the day and it makes it easier when i am in moments um where it's it's hard to see that my needs are being met mm. that um that god is with me i think that's a great spot to end this one i think so Well, thank you guys for joining us. We hope you enjoyed the conversation. And if you leave us a review, we'll get you a mug. Very nice. They are nice. And we'll find, (laughs) uh, join us in the Facebook group. And we'll see you all back here next week for another episode of The After Chat. Thanks for joining us for The After Chat. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To be the first to hear our next episode, be sure to hit the subscribe button and get notifications for new content. You can also follow us on social media on Instagram at PCC Wired and Facebook at Passion Community Church. For additional resources and links, check out the description. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time on The After Chat.